0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tiger a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Awesome. I'm excited to uh, kind of get this plane off the ground. And um, some of you might be thinking, man, like, what have we been doing for the last, 40 minutes. This is, this is, this is the church. This is the training ground. This is equipping. Like, if we just come here on a Sunday to be blessed, this is not a bless me club. Um, you're gonna be blessed by the word. You're gonna be encouraged through a, a word of, uh, maybe from the Holy Spirit through another believer. You're gonna experience God and you're gonna be blessed. But, man, if we, if we living Sunday to Sunday just to be blessed, that's self-centered. Plainly, like that's south-centered. And there's too much south-centered Christianity. Jesus was the least south-centered person on the face of the earth. How did we become the most south-centered people on the face of the earth? We were created in His image, not far from His image. And so these are amazing things that God is stirring in our hearts and we're seeing in the Word. And uh, we want to be mature believers that bring much glory to God. Amen. Jesus says, John 15, that you, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit and bring glory to my Father. Right? That is God's desire for us to bear much fruit, but it's not in a legalistic way. It's in a way that we draw closer to Jesus and we, we, we kind of allow ourselves to be challenged by the Word, allow ourselves to be challenged by other believers. Right? Um, I believe it's in Hebrews, it writes about, um, spurring or stirring one another unto love and good works. That word spurring is talking about, um, the, the, the cowboys wearing boots and there's a spur at the back of their boot. That spinny thingy with the spikes. And so when they put that in the, in the side of the horse, what happens? It, it's spurred on to go forward. And so we are called to spur one another unto love and good works. So that spurring is a discomforting. Okay. So we're here to make each other feel discomfortable. Uncomfortable. That's the right word. <laughs> So if you're feeling uncomfortable in any way, shape or form, then I'm glad because that's the intended purpose of, uh, me sharing these things with you. Um, let's be, let's feel uncomfortable because when we feel uncomfortable, we can actually move forward and change our lives. Amen. Awesome. So we're busy with the series, Yuri, um, Removes Fearing, and we're gonna wrap things up probably this morning. We might have another session, uh, on this series next week. But just in a nutshell, as a as a way of introduction, the whole intent and the purpose of this series is really to understand that if we doubt our ability to hear from God, then we're gonna be as James says, we we're gonna be like waves, we tossed to and throw by by every wind of doctrine. We're gonna we're never gonna be sure of our of our relationship with God, which means that we'll never be sure of stepping out to share that with someone else, right? Anyone, have you ever had to sell a product that you were unsure of the quality of that product? Marco, yeah, I see a few hands like a Philip Nikita. It's not fun to bring a product to someone and you're doubting the quality of that product or how you're communicating even about that product. Now, the gospel is not a product, but bear with me. If you're not sure in how good God is and the finished work of Jesus and what He accomplished for us, then you're not going to be sure to bring that to someone else who doesn't have that relationship with God. And so the point is this, that we need to become more sure of who God is and what He did for me personally, for you personally. Because the more sure you become of that, then I'm not going to have to put a, put a spur in your side to get you moving. You're going to move on your own. Let's look at, or oh, we won't go there, but in um, Mark chapter 4, no, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, it's an amazing story where Jesus encounters this woman, and he ministers to her, he ministers the gospel to her, he's ministering life to her, and guess what happens? He doesn't finish off by saying, okay, cool, now you've received this message, now you need to go and minister. No, she encountered the living God. And guess what this was the overflow? She ran to a town, forgot about what she was busy with, and told everyone to come and find out about this Jesus, the Messiah, that I just met. And so I pray that that will become something for us as a church, that as we're talking about the gospel and as we're encountering this, there will be an overflow of us just living out the lives that Jesus intended for us to live. Amen. Okay, so last week's teaching is online. You guys can go get it in the last uh, few um, before that as well. This morning we're going to look at transformation requires a response. And this is going to be a good word, which will be then a challenging word. So transformation requires a, a response. Hearing something will always lead to action, even if it's inaction, right? Hearing something will always lead to action. Walking is an action. Sitting is an action. The one moves and the one doesn't. So, hearing will always lead to a response. When we hear something, there will always be something that we can do. But they look very different whether I'm sitting or walking. It's the same with hearing from God. As we hear from Him, through His Word, through His body, through His Spirit, we get to act upon what we hear. We get to act upon what we see. Act, or the other word, I'll use the words interchangeably, act or respond. Because it's the same thing, acting on something or responding to something. But oftentimes we just allow the word to go in the one ear and then out the other ear. And there's no response, there's no action. James 1 verse 22 to 24 says from the message, Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Say, act on what I hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. That's a lot of the body of Christ. They have no idea who they are and what they look like. They hear the word every Sunday. They hear the gospel minister to them Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. They know... So much Bible that they're actually just walking in so much unbelief. Because the knowledge that they have is not according to truth. We see this, the scribes, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all of them, they knew the scriptures, but they did not know what the scriptures pointed to. Jesus, the Messiah. And so it didn't bear them anything. It didn't accomplish anything in their hearts. But too much of the body of Christ are hearing and hearing and hearing and there's no responding. There's no acting. So they have no idea who they are and what they look like. Acting on what we hear is essential for maturity. It's like a baby. Um, this is an awesome illustration. It's like my son, um, Chris, he's now 20 months old. So that's a year and eight months and um, Michael is four months old going on to five months and the amazing thing is they're seeing a bunch of things and they're hearing a bunch of things and now currently Michael he's lying on his stomach that's his kind of his milestone where he's currently at where he's lying on his stomach and he lifts up his head and so he's learning to kind of find movement and then he'll soon start to crawl I haven't shown him that per se i haven't taught him to do now that thing in his life and even with chris he's learning to talk like he's making a lot of noises mostly and um, every now and then it's mama and it's daddy and it's oh no and um, a few of those kind of words and things but the thing is he's acting on what he's heard he's acting responding to what he's seen If he does not do that, he won't mature. If Michael isn't practicing to lie like that, because he sees his brother obviously crawl every now and then as well, if he doesn't practice that, he won't mature. They have to respond to what they see, even if currently it seems silly. The crawling seems silly when mom and dad is walking around. Like it seems futile. Why am I lying on my stomach lifting up my head and thinking it's going to accomplish anything? It is accomplishing much in that season that he's in. It's vitally important for him. And so you might be in a position, in a place where you're like, Man, I can't go to Tiger Valley more. Too many people know me there. <laughs> I know some of you have thought that and that's why I haven't seen you there. That's fine. But we all have to start somewhere. Otherwise, we're not going to mature. Otherwise, the world will not be changed. We need to rise, as Isaiah says, arise and allow the glory of God to be shone through you. Chris and Michael are acting on what they're hearing and seeing, and the result is maturity. They're growing up. So the question is, in what ways can you start acting on what you are hearing and seeing in the Word? And God's leading. Here here's some examples. Investing into relationship within the body. Submitting to church, family, and leadership. Submitting isn't a cuss word, just so, so by the way. Some of you are upset now that I use the S word. Submitting to church, family, and leadership. Investing into God's kingdom with your talents and finances. Becoming a better student of the word. Sharing your faith with those around you and praying for the lost. James 1 goes on to say verse 25 to 27. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God... The free life, even out of the corner of his eyes and sticks with it, is no, no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. Say man of action. Say woman of action. That person will find the light and affirmation in the action. That's response. Anyone who sets himself up as a religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. None of you here this morning, obviously. You're not just a good talker. You're not just talking a good game. All of us are acting on what we're talking about, right? I'm just joking. I know we're all kind of growing in that regard, and that's good. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. Now he's here, he's referencing two specific things, but it's a general thing as well. The point is reaching out, acting on, responding to what you hear and what you see. We are the answer to the world's problems. Say, I am am. the answer Answer. to the the world's problem. And that is because Jesus is living in you. The gospel in you that you've received is the answer to your world's problem. James 1 verse 24 from the Passion says, You perceive our God sees you in the mirror of the Word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. We're seeing these things in the Word and then we go out and we never act on it. We never respond to it. And we don't see maturity. We're not seeing ourselves growing into the things that God is talking about because it requires a response. Transformation requires a response. If you want to see your life transformed, then you can't avoid action and response. I know that sucks because we just want to be transformed like that by waving a magic wand. It doesn't work like that. It requires response. It requires an action on on our our part. Hebrews 4 verse 1 to 2 from the Passion says, Now God has offered to us, The same promise of entering into His realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace. Say embrace. Embrace Embrace His action. It's taking hold of. Embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead what they heard didn't affect them deeply for they doubted faith acts faith acts faith responds to what is heard or seen james says that faith without works is dead now that is not saying that faith is a work rather faith will produce works it will show something if you believe something then you're going to act on it if you believe that this building was on fire you weren't going to sit here and chill it out You would act on that belief that this building is on fire. And you would leave. You would evacuate. And so faith or belief in something responds. You'll see a response. So this is what James is talking about. This is what Hebrews is talking about. They embraced what they heard. They believed in what they heard. And so it affected them. The opposite is also true. If we don't hold to, if we're not responding to what we're hearing it is not going to affect us deeply. It's not going to bring about transformation. If we don't respond to what we hear or see, we will miss out on so much that God has for us. Each one of us, we are missing out if we're not responding and acting on the Word of God and what He's showing us. We see in Isaiah 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And it's rather, it's not as much a lack of knowledge as it is also not responding to that knowledge. Because you can know something, but if you're not responding to what you know, then it's not going to accomplish anything in your life. We need to respond. There's a call to respond appropriately to that knowledge. Let's look at John chapter 8, verse, um, not just verse 32, we often quote verse 32, but... This morning, linking it to verse 31 gives us a better context of of what this freedom or where this freedom comes from. So John 8, 31 to 32, I'll read from the the Passion and then the message as well. It says this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, When you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth it will release more freedom into your lives. So if we continue to embrace, if we continue to to act upon, if we continue to respond to what Jesus has brought to us, there'll be a truth that we experience and a freedom that comes from that truth we've come to experience. From the message it says this, Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in Him. If you stick with this, Living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourself the truth and the truth will set you free. There's a truth out there. The whole world gets to come to experience the truth of Jesus. But the truth being out there doesn't by default mean that everyone experiencing it. Because you need to come and know the truth and then you need to respond to that truth that you've heard. The gospel that you've heard. Romans 10 verse 16 to 17 says, But not everyone welcomes the good news. As Isaiah said, Lord, is there anyone who hears and believes our message? Faith then is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So it's not good enough just to hear. But it's hearing and believing. Hearing and responding. Belief is response. Belief is faith. Faith is a response. Faith will always respond to something. Response is works. It's an act. There's something that you do. That is what faith is. Faith is responding to what God has made available to us. And every day we get to respond. King James says it like this, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. It's awesome. If you look at different translations, it gives you a, a better understanding and a better picture of what this all is talking about. Point is this that transformation requires you to do something, to respond, to obey. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear the word. And then we need to continue hearing the Word, and in between we need to respond to the Word. Respond and act upon what we're hearing. Because if we're not responding and acting upon what we're hearing, it becomes stale. It becomes stale. And as Jesus said that if we're not living at that point, at that place, we can't really experience what discipleship is about. Discipleship is being a student of the Word. It's being, uh, uh con- continuing in the word. And too many believers, too many Christians in the body of Christ, they've got their ticket to go to heaven and experience eternal life with God, but they're not any, I almost want to say they're not any good here on earth. They're not enjoying the transformation that Jesus intended for them here on earth. And that's why often, unbelievers don't want to be believers because of the bad example believers are setting. Because we're claiming to know a loving God, but we're not a loving people. That's something super important for us. Within the body of Christ, there's, always, there's oftentimes this mindset of like, I want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, uh, cleanse the lepers. I want to do all of the signs, the wonders and miracles. And I'll leave the the loving my neighbor for someone else. For For the Buddhist or the Muslim. or I'll let them do that because that's not that important. Man, the Christian should be the most loving person on the face of the earth. Because we... Have the Spirit of God, and His Spirit is the He's the, the, the fuel of love. Radical, unconditional, uncontaminated love. Where your, your your friend or your colleague does the worst, worst thing to you, and you respond with love and grace as Jesus did. Father, do not hold the sin against them. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, Oh, that was Jesus. Yes, that was Jesus. But guess what? There was another guy who did that. His name was Stephen. Guess when was when Jesus said this? Father, do not hold this sin against him. While people were throwing rocks at him, and it wasn't pebbles. They weren't like kind of like throwing a pebble at him and like trying to irritate him. The end of that throwing rocks led to him dying and giving up his spirit. And in that very moment, it says, Father, do not hold the sin against them. How on earth do you do that? When you're being murdered with rocks, saying, Father, do not hold the sin against them. It's by knowing who you are. Having seen this in the Word. Seen this is the, this is the glory of God. This is God's Spirit in me. He's enabling in me. And then it comes out of you. For as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. If you don't see this in yourself, if you don't see this as your new identity, then you'll never, never live it out. We're landing the plane and we're going to come in fast. So keep your safety belts on. Don't uh, disembark. Let's go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 24, 25. Popular passage of Scripture. The wise man, we all know about the wise man who built his house on the rock. We've sang the song. I don't know the rest of it in the English version either. Um, So Matthew 7 24 to 25. Therefore, whoever years, say years. So whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, say does them. I will liken him unto a wise man. Say wise man. So, who here wants to be a wise man? Not like in a comical way, oh, you a wise man. You. Like this. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a good sense. We want to we be wise men and women. Amen? And what is that going to require? It's going to require you hearing something, and then you doing something, responding to what you're hearing. I will liken him him unto a wise man who each built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. Now guess what? There was two guys in this illustration. We're not looking at the full passage. Both of them heard the same thing. Both of them heard these sayings. One of them responded, and one of them did not. Every Sunday, every time you get into the Word, whether it's in a group, whether it's in your personal capacity, you're hearing and seeing things. Guess what? The outcome of wisdom or foolishness is in you responding to what you're hearing and seeing. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you just like, you feel like a fool. You feel like there's no wisdom in you. No one sees you as wise. You've never uh, reckoned yourself as wise. Here's what you answer. Respond to the Word. Respond to what you're hearing. You don't have to do 500 things right now. You don't have to respond to 500 different things right now. Respond to one thing. Because when you respond to that one thing, you will build momentum. Like my son Michael, he's not trying to walk right now. He'll fail, and he'll fail hard, face blonde style. But he's doing something right now. And he's doing it to the best of his ability right now. And I'm cheering him on. God is going to cheer you on as you respond to what he's leading to you right now. There's something for all of us to respond to right now. And the end result will be wisdom. You will be called a wise man or wise woman, by just responding to one thing. Ephesians 1.13. Second last scripture. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It's so beautiful and it's so simple how even within just becoming part of the family of God. It's hearing something and responding to that. Hearing something, believing that. And it leads to a complete transformed life. And this transformation is obviously talking about the Spirit of God in us and and that radical transformation from being disconnected from God to being perfectly connected to God. But then there's more transformation for us to experience as we continue to, to hear the Word and as we continue to allow the Word to wash us and the washing is, is kind of washing away all of the filth. And that filth is not talking about your spirit because you are the righteousness of God. You are a saint. That's your identity. But the washing away of the filth is talking about unbelief. It's talking about um, uh, bad doctrine, so to speak, even. It's washing all of that out so that you can believe purely what God says about you. Because the more you wash out the unbelief and the negative things that you have in your, your view of God like Walker said when his father passed away some people would have thought that God came and took one of his best flowers goodness and that's based on one account in the Bible there's the story of Job and that needs some, some, some explanation of context and all of that but how do people come to believe such a major lie based on one character of the Bible who had one specific experience, versus the entire New Testament? Even and looking at how Jesus came to bring life. John ten ten, life and abundance still it overflows. And James writing about that that God can't be tempted with evil. There's no darkness in God, only light. Anyways, that's a whole new, a whole different uh, uh, teaching. But the point is this, we need to continue hearing the word and allow ourselves to be washed with the word. And that washing removes all of the unbelief. And then we can actually start enjoying the transformation that God intended for us. Matthew 13, in closing. Matthew thirteen sixteen to 17 But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. We living in such a good time. Man, the, Jesus is writing and in He's in his, in his explaining to us there's things that... We're living in the reality of what God promised from the beginning of time. He's spirit living in man. From the beginning of time. For years and years and years people waited for this time. They read about this. Isaiah prophesied. People were prophesying. And they were looking forward to this time. Abraham looked forward to this time. And Hebrews writes about this great wall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. And it's writing about this wall of fame. And it's... This man through faith, Adam through faith, David through faith, Abraham through faith, Moses through faith, Sarah through faith. And then it wraps it up and says, but all of these had a good report, but, let's go there quickly. Hebrew chapter 11 verse 39, and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise, God, having provided something better for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Then it goes on, chapter 12. It's amazing how chapter 12 comes after 11. And it's one letter, it's one, one account. It's not broken up. Wherefore, seeing we also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, talking about chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, the race said before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are living in the reality of what God intended for us from the beginning of time. He spread in man. Galatians 3.16 So I just had to kind of add a few more scriptures here. Galatians 3.16 Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. He said, not unto the seed as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed which is Christ. The promise that God made to Abraham wasn't Isaac. It was Jesus through the bloodline. And we are living in that reality where Jesus came. Jesus died, was raised from the dead, and His Spirit was poured out on all who want to receive. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.